Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. Welcome to Novell Open Audio. I'm your host, David Mayer. And I'm Aaron Quill. Today on the phone, we have David Condry, who's the Director of Engineering for Novell's File Management Suite. And we also have the Product Marketing Manager, Sophia Germanides. Sophia, Novell File Management Suite's not just three products stuck in a box, but it is three components that integrate together. Tell us about the individual components. Well, File Management Suite consists of three products. Novell Storage Manager, which has been in the market for a while. Novell Dynamic File Services which is newly introduced for AD environments, and lastly, Novell File Reporter. And I'd like David to talk about them in more detail and also about their integration points. So David, we got three products there. Novell Storage Manager. The first product in the suite is really uh, an automation engine. If you wanted to consolidate it into one thought, it's a policy-driven automation file system management within your storage infrastructure policy-driven from the standpoint that it um, is able to direct placement, manage content, manage file system for a user or for a group, for a team, for the life cycle of that entity, and then clean storage up at the end. So, David, you said policy. Is this policy for like when a new user comes in or a user moves from one department or another? Is it that type of policy you're automating? Yeah, basically, the policy construct contains components of any task in terms of automating that task that a, an administrator may be doing by hand today or has been doing by hand for a long time. So placement, management of the content, rights, attributes, movement of the files, restructuring of the data, vaulting, grooming, cleanup, all of those are constructs within the policy itself. And when you mentioned file systems, you don't just mean file systems on the same box. We're talking about multiple platforms, aren't we? We sure are, and multiple file systems on a given platform. So on Linux, we have NSS as well as ZXT3 and Riser that are surfaced through NCP layer. Those are available, but more to your point, actually delivering this technology on a Microsoft infrastructure governed by Active Directory and NTFS file systems is definitely a target. So Storage Manager gives me policy and automation for the file system. What does Dynamic File Services give me? Well, Dynamic File Services, Aaron, gives you the ability to introduce peering constructs, creating basically an environment that is transparent to the user, but from the administrator's standpoint, allows that administrator to move files that meet certain criteria off to secondary storage locations. But again, from the user's perspective, all those files are in the same location. An administrator may want to do that as a way of controlling costs, controlling backup windows. There's a variety of business benefit that comes from introducing tiering constructs into an environment. So when you say tiering, you mean I could have one tier that maybe deals with how redundant something is. So, you know, it might be full RAID or duplex drives all the way down to, you know, if it's older files that are more of an archival or something I want to put in a vault, that might just be on a single drive. And not just for redundancy, I suppose we could also do this for speed, right? We might have our premium files that are being accessed quite often and edited often. Those might be on faster drives than older files that are more for archival, right? 
Wow, I think you got it, man. You should be doing the other side of this interview because that's exactly what Dynamic File Services is all about. It allows the administrator to make decisions based on the technical components that comprise the file system, but also combine that with business-level decisions concerning the metrics around the data itself. So to put that into a little bit easier to understand terms, perhaps I have a situation where my SAN is getting a little bit full but I have some older data that I would still like the users to be able to access at will, but I don't want to have to back it up and maintain it and use my high-speed expensive disk in my SAN infrastructure. Maybe I have just a JBOD array out there, just some SATA drives, and I want to push some of the older files or less used files out to that secondary store. I can do that. David, you're not just talking about scripts that scan for MP3s, are you? No, no, absolutely not. Basically, the policies that are governing dynamic file services instruct the back end on how to do the movement from one location to another. But as that movement's done, it's all transparent to the user itself. And right there brings up a nerdy question I've got to understand. So I'm real used to dealing with, you know, physical drives and logical drives and partitions. As an admin, how does this stuff look to me? Because normally you said, you know, we've got something sitting out on a SAN. Well, I'm used to seeing a LUN underneath that SAN and then a partition of that data. Is the data moving in between these partitions or is this stuff happening below the partition level where as the admin, it all looks like it's sitting on one drive and one partition and it's really scattered across multiple drives? Well, from the end user's perspective, Aaron, that's the concept, that the data is just there. They really don't know where it's located or what kind of subsystem it's being housed on. The administrator is the one that needs to know that so that he or she can make intelligent decisions on how to best manage the file system based on the needs that they have and be able to move files off to a secondary store or a tier without affecting the user's access or view of those files. So I got a SAN and I've got a USB disk and I want to migrate somebody's MP3s off to this USB disk, but from their point of view, it still looks the same. Where's the volume that they're mounting? Is it just NCP that's presenting that single volume appearance to the end user? Or are we talking about you've got a block driver sitting underneath all of this that makes the SAN and the USB disk look like they're part of the same physical device? That's really what Aaron's getting at there. Okay, I understand. Thank you, David. I guess I wasn't geeky enough. As we discuss this technology, it's important to represent it from two different views. One view from the end user's perspective and the other from the administrator's perspective. From the end user's perspective, above all, the user needs to know that their data is there and it's accessible and it's accessible in a very fast fashion. Now, from the administrator's perspective, they need to be able to decide how to set up tiering for a particular set of data. So what they do, from the user's perspective, the volume is there or the share on Windows, and they're seeing their files. From the administrator's perspective, he or she is able to create, it's called a pair, between two points on disk. That could be two different ones, it could be or two different shares, but from the administrator's perspective, he creates a pair and then defines rules where one part of the pair is the primary and one part of the pair is the secondary and defines rules for what would make one particular file, let's say maybe an MP3 or a file that hasn't been accessed in a certain amount of time, or a file that is above a certain size, 
or any combination thereof, what would cause that file to be moved from the primary to the secondary? So from that administrator's perspective, he or she can really control the two points and the rules that control data flow between those two points. But from the user's perspective, it's all in one place. So does that mean you just truncate all of the MP3s that are being migrated to zero bytes and the file names look like they're still there, but you migrate them back on access? No, that would be more of an HSM or a hierarchical storage management paradigm-based solution. Dynamic File Services allows the, the administrator to use a share that contains files and directories out there that a, a user is accessing. Now, some of those files and or directories, that administrator may want to actually live somewhere else, but from the user's perspective, stay there. So another share or another file system location, maybe on a different volume, can be defined to be a secondary or a tier behind that first share that the user is looking at. But then the administrator can define rules that say part of these files or part of this infrastructure or this file system structure actually lives over on that secondary. But again, from the user's perspective, it's all living and residing on that first share that that user's access. Okay, so really I'm taking my existing shares, and we could say if an existing share is sitting on expensive, good, fast drive array or a SAN, I could say that's going to be my highest tier, and then I would pair that with maybe a slower, less redundant archival-type drive space, and that would be my secondary tier for that share, and then I could set up all those cool policies you were talking about to decide whether I want to store files for that share on the first tier or on the second tier, right? That's right. Sophia, the big issue I'm left with now is how do I find those files that need to be moved to that second tier storage? That's what File Reports is all about, isn't it? Absolutely. The number one issue when we talk to customers about wanting to use a tiering solution is they don't know where to start, and they don't really have the time to do the manual reconnaissance and analysis themselves. With a file reporter, this is a highly scalable and intelligent reporting tool that can tell you where the majority of the stale data is, who's hogging drive space with their personal MP3s. And questions like that, where the orphaned folders are, all perfect candidates for secondary storage. And there's a crucial point there. Who's hogging that storage? That's a big part of what Novell File Management Suite's all about. Exactly right, David. When you say orphan folders, what do you mean? Because I'm thinking at the file system level, what happens with an orphan folder? What do you mean distributed network by an orphan folder? The most prevalent one is folders that were held by an object. Maybe they were owned by a user, and that user's been long gone from the organization, maybe for years. But the administrator is not sure who those files belong to, if they're still being used, or who's using them. That's an example of an orphaned directory, like an orphaned home directory. Storage Manager contains very high-level reporting that will give you orphaned folder candidates. But Novell File Reporter will actually let you get more of a handle, more of an inventory on your entire infrastructure, including folders that might be candidates for orphaned cleanup or move to offline storage or, or something like that. On some of those orphaned folders, then, can I redirect them if we know that a bunch of them came out of the marketing department? Is it fairly easy to then 
reassign those orphan folders to someone in the marketing department so that they can actually then walk through those directories, see what's in there and what's valuable that they might want to keep instead of just straight archiving it? Yeah, in fact, that's one of the things that Storage Manager does almost out of the box is allows you to reassign storage based on maybe hiring a new person to fill a position, whether you have a new direct reports or, or something like that that's taking over that role. From an orphan data standpoint, there's multiple ways of looking at it. One way is looking at it from a perspective of ownership. The other one is just from a perspective of access. There's plenty of circumstances where data is just left out there and never accessed or used. It may be owned by someone, but for all intents and purposes, it is orphaned. So then is the suite just a combination of the three products? No, not at all, Aaron. We wanted to do something more than just put products together in a bundle and sell it. Each of the products can be deployed on their own and derive benefit within a suite deployment. And you can actually use a phased approach to deployment and derive a lot of benefit. But when you start putting the products together, then you really start to see benefit. And that's true on multiple levels. On one level, for instance, Reporter could really give you the data that you need in order to effectively do a migration. And that migration may be done with Novell tools or with Novell Storage Manager itself. But that data may be used to help you construct more intelligent policies, those policies being used by Novell Storage Manager or being used by Dynamic File Services. So it's really a cyclic process where you use Reporter to enable the other two to act more intelligently, as Sophia referred to. But on a second level, when the products are deployed together and they actually see each other there, and actually enable each other to provide additional functionality. And that's true not just on the level that I described, but actually technically within the products themselves. For instance, when File Reporter sees Storage Manager there, new features and functionality are dynamically enabled in Reporter itself so that you can report not only against volumes and certain subdirectories and file systems, but actually run reports against the policies themselves. So that's just an example of what we refer to as having those products really work together as part of the suite. So you actually get more capabilities than the three individual products because now all of a sudden they can communicate to one another. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. They have, particularly Storage Manager and Reporter, have those interfaces in them today. And we're looking in the next release of the suite to having Storage Manager and Dynamic File Services interoperate in even more value-added ways. There's a lot of cool technology there, a lot of cool features there, and even more on its way. But in the end, it's really all about not just one and one making two, but be any of the two together, you really get a three or a four or a five, not just one plus one is two. Sophia, do I have to buy a copy of Novell File Management Suite for every single box in my network? Novell File Management Suite is licensed per user. So it's a logical add-on to our customers who are you know, already using Open Enterprise Server for their file and print or for Microsoft customers too. An interesting point for everyone to note is that, just as David said, when the products are deployed together, you get more than the sum of their parts. So David, some customers might already have some sort of storage management software deployed in their organization. Do you guys conflict with that? Do we need to replace what they've got? How does that interact with existing storage management systems? Organizations may already have 
storage management software deployed like that was delivered along with their SAN, something like HP Storage Essentials or IBM Total Storage. We want to make sure that everyone understands that we complement those deployments. We're not out to replace those deployments. Those guys are working at a LUN level, and we're actually working at the file system level above that to augment or complement those offerings. So those tools are going to let you carve up your disks, but they're not going to tell you where all the files are, where all your storage is wasted, and that's where Noval File Management Suite gives you something extra. Right, especially the automation and tiering aspects are definite differentiators. David, on the back end, what operating systems are supported? The right answer is yes. <laughs> we really are talking about a cross-platform solution here in terms of not only operating systems, but file systems and directory services implementations. So just kind of going through the three products here, Novell Storage Manager is available on the eDirectory or Active Directory platform. On the uh, Active Directory side, we support Windows 2003 server, Windows 2008 server. On the eDirectory side, we support OES Linux and NetWare. File systems include NSS, EXT3, and Riser, surfaced through the NCP platform. Dynamic File Services is available for on the Active Directory platform, supporting Windows 2003 server and Windows 2008 server. Analogous technology for dynamic file services is already in customers' hands on the eDirectory side within OES, known as Dynamic Storage Technology, or DST, and that supports the OES platform and Linux. Novell File Reporter supports eDirectory platforms with all the aforementioned file systems, NSS, EXT3, and Riser on NetWare and Linux, and then on the Active Directory side, it supports file systems on NTFS file systems housed on Windows 2003 and Windows 2008 server. Novell File Reporter also has the capability of reporting against straight Linux file systems with SUSE Linux Enterprise Server or SLES with EXT3 and Riser. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. We have more platforms and more file system support coming, so stay tuned. You can get more information about the individual components in our other podcasts. David, Sophia, thank you for joining us today to talk about Novell File Management Suite. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Novell Open Audio. I'm David Mayer. I'm Aaron Quill. We'll see you next time. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community. So please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one. <laughs>